Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1234 Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. Oilers Now. Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Brendan, Maggie Taylor, and the staff at Oilers uh, at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. We head off to our Oilers Now headliner today, Brian Lawton, for touchback safety. Renew your safety tickets today and get 15% off your course with the promo code TRAINING2020 at touchbacksafety.com. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Doing great, Bob. Doing very well. Uh, your thoughts on Bill Zito, GM of the Florida Panthers. Uh, I know Bill. He's a very nice guy. He's wanted to get a job for quite a while now. It finally worked out. Uh, I'm very happy for him. I think he has an incredible opportunity with that team. You know, I really do. Um, you know, just just for fun over the weekend, I really did a deep dive into their team. And, boy, there's a lot to like there. Uh, That is a team that I believe a really sharp general manager can come in and significantly move the needle. Uh, They don't need to go from, what, 24th to 12th like the Oilers did last year. Yep. But uh, they could make some really nice movements uh, with some sharp decisions which are right in front of them because they have a very, unlike the Oilers, they have a very favorable cap position. Well, there's no question about that. I mean, part of the reason they, they have that position is they got a guy like Barkov who is an $8 million player, and they got him at $5.9 million. You know, so exactly. they're right. And uh, uh, how would you handle the, and I, Michael Matheson is not an answer for Edmonton. Uh, but he's got a lot of years left. Just I'm not in front of their. I don't have cap friendly up right now. But I think he's got six years left at almost. I think it's four point eight seven five million. Clearly fell out of favor with Joel Quenville last year. Uh, does everybody get a fresh start with a new GM, or because the coach has already been there for a year? You know, how would you read into that situation involving Matheson, who clearly at one time was the guy that the previous general manager had a lot of time for? Right. 
Right. He was signed by uh, Tom Rowe, I believe, in that group when they were in power. Right. And, um, you know, they really liked him. They made a big bet on him. If he plays above average as a really solid, at least top four player, then that contract will be team favorable. The problem is he hasn't done that yet. His play has dropped off. It certainly dropped off under Joel Quedville. Um, it's an unmovable contract, in my opinion, although you never know in the league today. But uh, I think the best solution there is you've got to figure out how to re-energize this player, get his confidence back up to a level um, that you know it could be at. Because it's not there right now. Mike played better when he was younger in the league. He's only 26. He's got more to give. But something clearly is awry, and sometimes it can be as simple as you just said, just a coach that uh, the player doesn't fit his eye, they fall out of favor, they lose confidence, and the game goes in the tank. That's what's happened to Mike to some degree. Now, do you believe they're going to uh, – last year they were a team that was right at the cap. Uh, they finished at $81.3 million. Right now they're on the books for $60 million next year. Um, do you see them going $80 million, or do you think they end up being about a $75 million team? I think they'll be above $75 million. Closer to 80 for sure, but they may not be at the full 81 and a half. We're joined that would by be my analysis. You know, okay. when I ran Tampa, we used to sit down and do this stuff for everybody. We always yep. wanted to have a gauge on how much somebody is going to spend, and you don't know. Some of it is just guesstimates, but the fact of the matter is that uh, it was really helpful to figuring out markets and who has the ability to do what. Okay. Uh, we're joined by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Bob Stoffer with you on know, Oilers Now. Brian, Mike Hoffman, uh, Jenny uh, Dadnov, uh, Eric Halla, and Brian Boyle, as well as Mark Pezik, who's a local product, ended up playing a bit on the right wing this past year for Florida. They're all unrestricted free agents. Do you see any of those guys returning to Florida? Uh, definitely one. Probably two. And if it were me, three. All right. Who's going to stay for sure? Uh, for sure is a little bit more of the grapevine, and that's bad enough. Uh, should stay for me for sure, too, would be Hoffman. And then the possibility of three would be Hala. The other two guys I would not. They're both terrific people, but they wouldn't fit in for me if I was running that club for sure. And... There's just a lot of work that needs to be there. You have to have a macro plan. When I looked yep. at it, I gave it some thought as to what a new GM would do, and there are some things that need to change there chemistry-wise. There's no doubt about that. That hasn't worked out. The accountability level on that team has not been great. There are challenges. There's an incredible amount of positives to managing a team in Florida. I've done this before, so I realize those. There's also some negatives. One of those is that you have to watch your accountability with the players very closely. Florida has not found that accountability level that they need to be at to be an elite team, certainly any time in the last 10 years, in my opinion. That needs to change. Yeah, we're joined by Brian Lott. And Brian, uh, so Bill Zito goes in there. He started up Acme. Marcus Leto was with Acme. Uh, Acme is now with Wasserman. Now that's Jeff Jackson's group. Uh, as you know, uh, Marcus Leto represents the Oilers, yes, of Pugliarvi. The Florida Panthers also have Henrik Borgstrom, who ironically 
is also represented by uh, the Acme group that's now with Wasserman. Um, Paul Yarvey's camp, probably looking for a fresh start. Joel Quenville has a reputation that sometimes if you get off on the wrong foot with him, you're not able to dig yourself out. If you were with the agency, would you maybe suggest to Zito, what about the possibility of flipping uh, Borgstrom for Paul Yarby? Is that something that agencies do? It is. It's something that all the agencies do whenever they can. They want to be involved. They want to show value. Um, some guys do it better than others. Some guys do it with, you know, class and dignity, and some guys do it without. <laughs> so, yes, I, I would imagine that that absolutely will come up. Um, I'd be a little bit surprised if I were the Edmonton Oilers, if I would feel like that's an equal swap from okay. what you've seen. I would want some sweetener on that side of the deal. Hmm. Interesting. So you still think that Paul Yarby is the better prospect? I do. Okay. And we should mention that Borgstrom didn't exactly crush it this past season in the American Hockey League, playing for Springfield, 11 goals, 23 points in 49 games. Uh, he did, however, have 8 goals and 18 points in 50 games the year before in Florida and had 22 points in 24 games uh, with Springfield the year before. So it sounded like it just went completely off the rails for him. Like he was, he had some traction in his first full pro year. I know guys that saw him play at Denver and they thought he was going to be a, a stone-cold mortal lock as a second-line center, and clearly he's a little off that path right now. I think that's fair to say based on his lack of productivity in the American Hockey League last year. Brian Lawton joining us right now. Brian, today is Glenn Sather's birthday. He turns 77. Um, we all know what he accomplished in Edmonton. Five Stanley Cups as a general manager, four as a head coach. He also played a part in developing seven Hall of Fame players. Are we ever going to see a team like the Oilers again from the uh, 1980s? No. Not in the current form that the league is now where, you know, you're kind of artificially dispersing talent. I don't think you'll see anybody have that type of run. You know, th th that, was the, that was the first era of super teams, and that really continued. When I say super teams, I mean conglomerates of players that are destined for the Hall of Fame all end up on the same team. That continued almost right up until the salary cap, if you really understand the history of the National Hockey League and what's transpired from a management style. Think about Detroit in the late 90s, Colorado, New Jersey. They had bunches of Hall of Fame players. Look at St. Louis last year. They Not, not this year, but last year when they won the Cup. Maybe one guy goes on to the Hall of Fame. Completely different era. Where you know these are the things that you know the managers are on top of and they're fully aware of. And you need to be. You need to understand the past history until in order to manage into the future. And now the future is more uncertain than ever. So that part I haven't even wrapped my head around in terms of what do you do coming out of the pandemic. But clearly, uh, understanding the past is critical. Glenn Sather. Is now he should have his own category in the Hall of Fame. 
for what happened under his watch, if you really think about it. It's amazing because he said if he had New York's uh, money when he was in Edmonton during the late 90s when the Oilers were struggling, he'd win every year. And, of course, he went to New York, and suddenly it wasn't so easy. So, But, <laughs> but standards I, I, changed. The standards yes. changed when he was in New York. I remember now, talking bro- to him the one, the one year he made the playoffs, and they were pretty juiced up about it. And I looked at him and was like, okay, you finished in the top 16. <laughs> That's not the standard we expect, expect that you set for yourself. So yeah. yes, it was a different world. Brian, I got to... I have to address this because I had people text me while I was in Kelowna last week. Uh, you were on the air last Wednesday, and you suggested, uh, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I believe it was two of the Oilers' top four defensemen. So we'll under the, operate under the context of Clefbaum and Larson and Nurse and Barry were the Oilers' top four. Uh, did you say you'd be, you wouldn't be surprised if two of those four were gone when we return to play next year? I did say that. That's my own opinion. That's a gut feel from watching every single one of their return-to-play games as well as many of their regular season games. Um, There's no uh, advanced tip-offs or anything like that. That is just my opinion. Uh, I just know the way Ken manages, and I wouldn't be surprised. Because some would say what needs to happen here, and the fans hate this word, uh, is patience. Because it needs to be stated, uh, Pete Chiarelli uh, tried to fast-track things. I mean, he traded a 16-33 and 33 for Griffin Reinhardt. And uh, Boston passed on Barzell three times. That dog don't hunt, I believe, was the quote I heard from somebody uh, high up in the uh, Bruins organization on Barzell. Uh, or, the, or so the story goes. Uh, anyhow, I digress. Uh, Boston and the Oilers both passed on Barzell. The Oilers traded out of that spot. They tried to fast-track it by bringing in Reinhardt, the, the Hall trade for Larson. Some might say don't repeat those moves. Just Just make subtle changes. Get yourself another goaltender. You got an open spot there. Um, you know, live with your defense. Maybe add a, a third line center or something. That might be the way to go too. What do you think? Not enough change. Um, well, I, in some ways, like last year, regular season was amazing. We already, I already referenced it once. They go for right. it, and you, you can correct me because you know, I believe it was twenty fourth the year before to twelfth yeah. in the league. It's going to be a lot more difficult to go from 12th to 9th. And that may not make sense on a linear scale, but that's the reality of advancement in the National Hockey League. So how are they going to do that? I think they're going to have to absorb some risk. And every single one of those instances you just mentioned were just poorly executed by the Oilers. Not the right due diligence. They were bad moves. They made bad moves. That happened. They made an inordinate amount, and the GM lost his job. That mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ken Holland can't be restricted by whatever happened in the past. If he sees a good move and he believes in it, he should do it. And knowing Ken, he's going to do it. And he did a masterful job last year. Um, but you're only as good as what you've done for me lately. And Ken recognizes that. He I has think patience. But, but if there's a move to be made, Bob, I think he'll make it. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, right? Because uh, the orders went from 25th in points percentage to 12, so right in that range with the number that you had. They went from 9th to 1st in the power play and 30th to 2nd. 
I expect them to have a top five power play. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a top ten power play for sure every year. I don't know if they're gonna have the best power play in forty years like we have this year. I think they were a little lucky to finish second in PK at eighty four point four, but where I'm going with this here is I don't see how it's fathomable that they're back at 113.9% on teams. And so they've got to improve five-on-five play. And for me, third-line center is an important spot. Uh, you mentioned maybe a change on defense. If you if you make a move there, are you adding in goal or are you adding up front and potentially at third-line center? The number one priority, believe it or not, for me with Edmonton would just be to make sure we maintain their speed. I do think they're going to come up with somebody. Uh, I just think there's a lot of options to come up with somebody that can give them more in that third line center role. So I do believe they'll find that. Uh, I do believe there'll be at least one new goalie next year. Right. Um, There's options out there that can fill that role. The decor, I believe, I've already said, will be changed up. There's a lot of work to be done. Most teams are sitting down with their scouts and now to the next few weeks, depending on when they've lost out, and putting together their macro plans. That's what transpires. A little bit strange now because meetings that normally take place in person are taking place over Zoom. I spoke to a couple of managers today, and I know that's exactly what's happening to be honest with you, and I've been doing that for a while now. I usually jump into the numbers, and one team I haven't gone through as thoroughly as I would like is Edmonton in regard to your comments about the PK. Watching their games, and I always do it first by the eye test and then back it up with analytics, they did feel a little lucky on the PK. They were much, much better, don't get me wrong, but that surprises me where the final finish was. So you want to dig into that. I was doing this for somebody recently on one of the coaches that's available out there, a veteran coach, long history, looking at his numbers for how he's played in the past. And interestingly, I'll just tell you the scenario. You'll be able to guess the coach. He had the 11th best power play in 2018. And in 2019, he had one of the worst power plays in the league, if not the worst. The numbers in 2018 showed that they were incredibly lucky in 2018 and that that was something that, you know, utilizing analytics, they should have realized. That's what I'd like to do with the Oilers on their PK to see because there is an element of luck for every team every year. If you don't understand that, you're missing a big picture of what analytics can do for you as an organization. Uh, a couple quick hitters here for you. And Riley Sheehan, 5-on-5, five five was minus 20 in true 5-on-5 five five situations. Jujar Kara was minus 19 in 5-on-5 five five situations. So McDavid and Drysaddle have been criticized for being minus players, but they're actually not minus in 5-on-5. Five five. They're minus because they were on the ice for, you know, Leon, 10 goals against in the power play. Connor, eight goals against in the power play, and the best power play that's been in the league in 40 years. Every coach in the league would take that trade off, by the way. Uh, but you can't give they it won. back. You, you can't give it back in your third and fourth lines. You can't have, I mean, those two guys centered their third and fourth line to start the playoff, and they got destroyed five on five in goal share. So that's what you're talking about, adding a little bit more speed in those spots to maybe be able to combat exactly. that and have a different type of five on five. Yeah, and the numbers are even more confusing when you add in empty net goals. Sure. Stuff like that. 
both yep. ways for those guys because they play those minutes. But, yes, it's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, Ken Holland was pretty hamstrung coming into this team. He's had a chance to watch now and evaluate. I expect to see changes in the bottom six. I'm not surprised they re-sign a guy like Patrick Russell, 700,000 one way, good pro. 14 forward. Reliable. 14 forward, yep. that's what he is. Exactly. Yep. He's a depth forward. He's a depth forward. And if you're wrong on that and you get some surprise from other people, to be fair to Daryl Cates, he has shown a willingness to spend that money as insurance. It's a yep. smart business. A uh, couple quick hitters here. Johnny Goodrow, uh, it's my belief. Out of, I, I, don't, you know, I know a lot of people want him traded out of Calgary. I'm not sure if I'm a Flames fan, if I want to see him traded, but I believe he's going um, and to the East Coast because I don't know if you'd sign a long-term extension beyond this contract in Calgary. What's your take on that? Um, a little bit of a down or wrong time to be trading him. I think they're going to find it harder to get value. Um, but the general manager there has been uh, very forthright when he wants to do something. He tends to get it done. We'll see if that's the case. But I think he's going to take a little hit on return if he forces it out. Uh, can they realistically get in on Taylor Hall? Arizona's going to get the first crack at him. Uh, we're hearing that Arizona has to cut salary. I'm trying to figure out how they're going to get Hall done. Obviously, they plan on moving some other guys out, maybe Ekman Larson, who knows. Um, but does Hall to Calgary make sense? I think it makes sense. Um, I don't see him re-signing in Arizona, I'll tell you that. Looking at their cap situation, I don't see it. You know, some of the moves in the past have really hurt them and you know that's a team where you look analytically and the goaltenders are shining that team up yep big time yeah. <laughs> big big time i mean both guys over the course of the last three years brian great stuff as always we appreciate your time my pleasure bob thank you Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From the NHL Network, that is Brian Lawton. It's 1254 at Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 1256 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. 
David Staples called the hockey coming up at 105 today, 135. NHL insider John Shannon. To the orders now, injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Jed Studios, and here's Brennan Escott. All right, Flyers coach Elaine Vigneault says that Sean Couturier is still being evaluated. He's questionable for tomorrow's do-or-die game six with the Islanders. He went knee-on-knee with Matt Barzell in a situation he basically instigated and then ended up leaving that game. And then Barzell left the same game later on because of a high stick he took up near his eye. Barry Trotz says that he is trending in the right direction. Steven Stamkos could still return during these playoffs. That's according to Lightning GM Julian Brisebois. Uh, he had core muscle surgery in early March, and they didn't really want to say whether this extended period through the playoffs he's missed was linked to that. But today they say, well, it may have been a setback after all. No further update, though, on uh, Nikita Kucherov, who left their series clinching Game 5, tried to return, could not. All right, uh, let's get to our Ashley Fine Floors text line, 780-496-0063. Oilers GM says, Bob, Brian Lawton has inside knowledge with the Oilers being friends with Dave Tippett. Which two defensemen are leaving? Larson and who? Question mark. Um, well, I, I don't think Ethan Bear is going anywhere. And uh, Darnell Nurse, you know, um, I think the, if he thinks two are going, my guess is he thinks it's Clefbaum and Larson. Larson's got a year left in his deal, but I would argue that Oscar Clefbaum's the Oilers' best defenseman. He's not a number one. There's only 15 number one defensemen in the NHL. Like a year ago, Giordano in Calgary, Stone Cold Mortal Lock is the number one defenseman. This past year, take a look at his numbers. He was a number two defenseman. Um, uh, but Clefbaum, you know, played fifth most minutes in the league. He's, to me, he's a number two. Uh, Nurse is a three slash four. Uh, Barrett, this stage, is a, probably a three slash four. And Larson's a four. I'd be a little hesitant to move out two. I would consider moving out one. Also, adds Oilers GM, what do you, uh, I would do whatever it takes to get Elvis Merzlichkins. The guy's a stud and would solidify our goaltending for the next decade. I'm all in on Merzlichkins. Um, I have a lot of time for him as well, to be frank with you. I think he'd be a good pickup. John says, Bob, Ryan Lawton is by far the most articulate, intelligent guest Oilers now has. I always learn something. Have no idea why I hear Shirelli getting GM interviews and not him from John. How do you know Brian doesn't do interviews and meet with NHL organizations? And do deep dives. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell back with David Staples on the Cult of Hockey when we return. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.